0: Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, welcome everybody. I believe we are in our third installment of the Holy Spirit series. And as you all know, this is one of my favorite things to talk about, one of my favorite people to talk about. So let's jump right in. We're gonna be reading today from Galatians. Five, sixteen 16 to 25 it says this so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh craves what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are opposed to each other so that you do not do what you want But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and sorcery, honestly, stop that sorcery, guys. Hatred, discord, jealousy and rage, rivalries, divisions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I mean, what a list. A list of stuff i warn you as i did before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to christ jesus has have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us walk in step with the spirit i love that since we live by the spirit let us walk in step with the spirit um, I could move on from here, from the scripture, but I really wanted to throw in Romans 8. It's a cross-reference of this first passage of scripture, Romans 8, 5 to 14, because it just puts it so well. It says this, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. The mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh, listen to this, is hostile to God. The mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the flesh, but by the spirit, if the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead, Your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. We're almost there. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have no obligation But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. Let's pray and then get into this message today. God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together here online and together in particular in this series to talk about the Holy Spirit, to learn about the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you come and would you meet with every single one of us and would you speak through this message today? Would you help us to understand more of the person, more of who you are? Would you help us to continue to walk and step? with you holy spirit i just pray right now that you would fill the rooms of every person who is watching and that you would meet with us today and that you would have your way holy spirit would you come and fill this room would you come and speak to us today in jesus mighty name and every person said amen amen Today's message is entitled, if you're old school and you're still taking notes and you've got a notebook, perhaps you've got a notebook and a, you know, note pen, or you've got your device, whatever it might be, today's message is entitled, Walking in Step with the Spirit. Walking in Step with the Spirit. What a cool picture. Just picture that for a moment. The person of the Holy Spirit, he's walking, and our job is to walk in step with the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit. But if today had another title, it would be something along the lines of environments and moments. Environments and moments. Basically, I couldn't choose the right title, so today's got two titles, and we're gonna come back to the idea of these two titles. Um, They're going to say the same thing, but they share something really important, and we're going to um, keep revisiting it. Walking in step with the Spirit, but environments and moments. Because when I read about the Spirit of God, throughout the Bible, and when I think about my own life and my own testimony and the testimony of others, I believe the Holy Spirit creates an environment both around us and in us. We heard a little bit about that last week from Levi's message, both around us and in us, but he also moves powerfully in moments, environments and moments. This is seen in scripture where it says in Hebrews 10 verse 14, for by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. By one sacrifice, one moment, one powerful moment, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy, a journey, an environment. Our salvation is a moment where we are filled with the Spirit. It comes alive on the inside of us. We become aware of his presence around us. But our journey continues and we mature to become people whose inner disposition starts to resemble Christ more and more through the fruit of the Holy Spirit and his character at work within us and his presence around us. So I want to talk first about having an environment of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and then moments with the Holy Spirit in our lives, environments and moments, because I believe that we need both to be walking in step with the Spirit, walking in step with Him, to be Full disciples of Jesus. That's what we are talking about this entire year. We're going to keep talking about it as a church, becoming full disciples of Jesus, walking with him, the dust of the rabbi, following our rabbi, walking behind, him being with us in our lives, learning from him, environments and moments. Every person who is watching brings with them an ability to create an environment. If you are grumpy and you walk into an environment, you're probably gonna kind of cause it to be a little um, interesting. It might get a little bit awkward. You're gonna impact the environment that you're around. If you are down and you sit down with a friend um, or with a group of friends and you're really down, that can impact the environment that you're a part of. If you are full of joy or you're optimistic and you walk into an environment your person is going to impact that environment. And just like our person impacts or creates an environment, so the Holy Spirit is a person who impacts our environment. It's important for us, before we dive in, to first understand, to clarify why we believe the Holy Spirit is indeed a person. He's not just some kind of... um, Power that you access and it's like uh, you know Dragon Ball Z here I've got my like Kamehameha and I'm about to like you know take someone down we can view the Holy Spirit like that kind of thing it's like oh yeah I'm gonna speak this and it's just gonna happen the the Holy Spirit is a person and he has a personality the definition of a person is this is a being that has certain capacities or attributes such as reason morality, consciousness, or self-consciousness. So the Holy Spirit is not a human person, but a spirit person. We have many attributes of the Holy Spirit that help us come to this conclusion. Let's just quickly go through a few so that it's clear in our mind that when we interact with the Holy Spirit, we are interacting with a person. That as we walk through our lives, as we are thoughtful of environment, the environment that we are in, that we are creating, that we are um, setting up, for the Holy Spirit, as we're aware of those moments where the Holy Spirit can move, we, we, we have to understand that he is a person. Why do we believe this? The first one is that the Spirit teaches and reminds. He teaches us and he reminds us. John fourteen twenty six says the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This this person, the spirit person, he teaches and he reminds. We know that the spirit speaks. Acts 8, 29, and there are many scriptures like this, says the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. He speaks. We know that the spirit makes decisions. He makes decisions, he makes calls. Uh Acts 8.29 says the spirit, oh, sorry, uh Acts 15.28 says, it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. It has seemed good to the Holy Spirit. He makes decisions. We know that the Spirit can be grieved can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let's quickly go through some more without the scriptures. We know that the spirit can be outraged. There is a, a, well, I want to read the passage of scripture now. Hebrews 10.29 says, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has outraged the spirit of grace? We know that the Spirit can be lied to. The Spirit can forbid or prevent human speech and plans. We know that the Spirit searches everything and comprehends God's thoughts. We know that the Spirit apportions spiritual gifts. We know that the Spirit helps us, intercedes for us, and has a mind. So we know He is a person, a Spirit person not a thing. And his person and his personality creates an environment around us that is conducive to you and I walking in step with Jesus, living the kind of life that God is calling us to live. He helps us. His personality creates an environment that is conducive to us being fully formed disciples of Christ. And isn't that the goal. Our goal is to be more aware of his presence and come into alignment, or as this scripture instructs, to walk in step with his spirit. Anywhere we go, anywhere we go, um, anywhere we are, I believe there is a spiritual environment at work. I believe there are prevailing spirits, perhaps at work over cities, over nations, over families, and sometimes in our lives. And as Christians, it is our responsibility to be the salt and light of the world, to be environment changers in our families, in our communities, at our workplace, in our friendship group, to be environment changers, to carry this God spirit, to walk in step in alignment with him, to remain in the vine so that we will bear good fruit, good fruit, and live lives that bear witness to the goodness of God, walking in step with the Spirit. In your life, how are you setting the environment to remain in the vine, to invite the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day? How are you taking a moment to like recalibrate and just say, hang on a second, am I walking in step with the Spirit? Am I walking with Him? Am I following Him? I think about our Sabbath as a family, where we light our Sabbath candle, and the kids get to talk about it, and it's a reminder for us as a family to invite the Holy Spirit in. It can feel so um, uh, repetitive, you know, we get to Sabbath and we're doing that thing again, but it's a reminder for us to invite the Holy Spirit in, to welcome Him, but also a reminder to ourselves of the environment we are to create, not just in our outer world, but in our inner world as well. What are we doing? Again, a great question to ask ourselves is how are we cultivating our environment To be a Holy Spirit environment and not just on a Sabbath, not just at church, not just in that moment where you're at groups and you're talking about it, but in our day to day, we are to walk in step with the Spirit every single day of our lives. Does the Holy Spirit feel welcome where you are? The person of the Holy Spirit, does he feel welcome where you are? Does the the Holy Spirit have an open door to lead you and to guide you? How do we intentionally walk in step with the Spirit every day? How do we say no to these fleshy desires that these scriptures are talking about? Where it's saying, say no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit. How do we say no to the fleshy desires we have and say yes to all that God is? Say yes to the Spirit so that we continue to mature into full disciples of Christ because isn't that the goal? Our goal is to look more and more like Christ Jesus every single day, to become mature Christians, mature in our walk, following him, understanding his ways in step. And the answer is we must be thoughtful of the environment, one of the answers, is we must be thoughtful of the environment we are cultivating daily. Let's read it again, part of that scripture. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, verse 16, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Spirit versus flesh. For the flesh craves what is contrary to the Spirit. It craves what's different, what's opposite to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are opposed to, to each other. It's a pretty confronting scripture when you think about it. The flesh craves what is contrary to the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It sounds so restrictive, but when we read God's word, we discover that where the freedom of the Lord is, uh, sorry, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom freedom. So it's an interesting spot that we find ourselves in as we kind of like work through all of this. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When we remain in Him, we are fruitful. When we live in an environment that is daily impacted by the Holy Spirit, we are free. In fact, that scripture says that we can do nothing when we don't remain in Him. John 15:5 is the scripture where it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, walk in step with me. If you remain in me and I in you, again, that in and out. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So this talk of the flesh, flesh versus spirit is a conversation around our decisions, around our decision making, around our will, and to be even uh, more exact, around our free will, around our free will. The philosopher Harry Frankfurt would describe free will as having the ability to have a desire about a desire stick with me for a moment, to have the desire about a desire. He refers to them as the two orders of desire, the two ways, the two options. Is this partly what the New Testament describes, what Paul is referring to when he speaks of the flesh versus the spirit? Either way, there seem to be some helpful similarities here, learnings for us to draw from. Frankfurt, the philosopher, uh, describes um, this, this, this whole picture. Give me a second, I've just um, lost my notes. Frankfurt describes this as what separates us from the animal kingdom and what gives us free will. Frankfurt says in his writings this, what is it to be a person? Frankfurt argues that the difference between a person in an animal, human or otherwise, is a difference in the structure of will. Frankfurt notes that humans have a characteristic other animals do not. Human persons can form desires for and against particular desires for and against actions. Presumably, animals have so-called first order desires, but only human persons can form second order desires. It goes on to talk about the fact that when we have a second order desire, and we make a decision that is better for us, where we override the first order desire, it is us executing our our second order volition. Second order volition, in other words, our free will. He would talk about the fact that if we simply had our first order desires that we're slave to those desires is that language starting to sound quite familiar that we're slave to those desires but because we've got this ability that is unique to us as humans to have a second order desire to then have a second order volition to make the decision around those decisions, that that is what brings freedom, that that is what is free will. For example, um, we have a first order desire to eat, to sleep. We've We've got a whole lot of first order desires. We will want to eat something, but our second order desire might say, hey, you have had enough Korean rice stocks. You don't need any more Korean rice stocks. And so the second order desire comes in and says, hey, you know what? I reckon you should really give your body some good sustenance. But I mean, really? Because like Korean rice dogs, they are great sustenance. But for the illustration, we're gonna stick with it. And your body's gonna say, or, or the second order of desire is going to say, actually, you need some broccoli, you need some protein, you need some good stuff. And then the second order volition is going to empower you to make that decision. A first order desire is to have sex, but a second order of desire is to actually choose, hang on a second, I'm not just gonna be an animal, I'm going to make sure that sex is within marriage, that it's with someone who loves me, it's it's a loving relationship that is protected by the covenant that you have made. Uh, When it comes to smoking, you might be addicted to smoking, the first first order desire would say, well, I want to have a puff of a cigarette. We start to be able to get out of those habits by strengthening the second order of of desire, by strengthening the second order of volition. Buying things, We, we might just want to buy, 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 buy but second-order desire says, hang on a minute, what's good for you, what are you saving for? And you're able to enact free will. You're not just guided and enslaved to those first-order desires. And it is also said that that free will, that that ability to override those fleshy instincts, those first-order desires, that free will is like a muscle, a muscle. The ability to choose the second order desire comes with practice, comes by strengthening it. As uh, you know, one of our rabbis, John Mark Homer puts it in his description of these two orders of desires, he says that for some of us, the strength of this muscle is way out of shape, way out of shape. We're not even thoughtful of it. We don't even think about it. It's like we just... You know, and and the world that we live in right now is a world that just says, just do what you want. Whenever you want, like just make it happen, that's freedom. That's the freedom of of free will. Well, guess what, it's actually not. The, The freedom that we find in free will is actually when we strengthen our ability to make decisions about our first order desires. There's no coincidence that when we are walking in step with the Spirit, when we are in environments regularly devoted to the Spirit, that we tend to strengthen this muscle. We get stronger in our ability to make better choices, right, that benefit our souls and our lives and cause us to be more fruitful. Think about it. Think about your relationship with God. Think about when you're regularly attending church, when you're regularly receiving teaching from the Word of God, when you're regularly in worship, when you're regularly practicing the way, when you are you know, watching the different um, biblical living series that we've got and you're actually right in it, you tend to make better decisions. Why? because you are strengthening the gift that God gave us of free will. You are strengthening the gift of second-order desires, second-order volition, the ability to make choices that are going to be beneficial for your soul, for your person, and help us as Christians continue to be formed into looking more and more like Jesus. When we are out of step with the spirit, this muscle of choosing well, of getting beyond those fleshy desires that the scripture is talking about gets weak. That's a huge part of why we have developed walk and continue to make it better and will continue to give time and energy to walk. Walk because we believe it strengthens this muscle. It strengthens our ability to choose well, to to create a life and an environment as often as possible that walks in step with the Holy Spirit. Really quickly, let's just go through the four steps. W for welcome, Sunday and groups. We believe that creating an environment and walking in step with the Spirit requires regular teaching, worship together, community and friendship. Uh, you might be sitting there going, Oh, yeah, but she just is saying that we should just get to church on a Sunday and, you know, make sure that we're a part of groups. Yeah, I am saying that. We spend a lot of time making sure that the teaching of the Word of God is good, is biblical, and is going to help your lives. We believe in the impact of being in corporate worship, our worship team. Um, just do such a fantastic job. We're so grateful to them. Those are environments and moments that are creating uh, a space for us to be able to be walking in step with the Spirit even more, teaching us uh, the next step of A. We believe it requires us to be activated in our journey through First Sunday, coming along to First Sunday for further teaching and joining a team. Both environments where we get a chance for that further teaching and a chance to serve the community that we are all a part of. And we learn so much by serving one another. Uh, we believe in L, the third step, learn. Learn being a community who place value on learning more about our faith through classes and book clubs and through all of the video teaching made available on the website. Like I mentioned, the Biblical Living series, going through We Are Local so that you understand who we are as a church, going through the Dusty Christians series. All of these help to practice our faith, help us to be people who are actually active in our faith. And then of course, there is known W-A-L-K (laughs) walk walk and step with the spirit and be a part of walk Uh, we believe we need fellowship with others community with others to be discipled with others and by others to let people in our lives through peer mentoring and intentional discipleship we didn't just like come up with some idea and think it's like fun and awesome this is designed so that we are Um, empowering our congregation, our church, us as a family, to be able to walk in step with the Spirit. We believe in it. All four steps of walk help us as individuals to create the kind of environment where we will be mature Christians, not simply choosing what we want and giving into every temptation that makes us feel good, that in turn can enslave us, but choosing things that empower us to walk in step with the Spirit, break free from sin, change bad habits, bring about the fruit of the Holy Spirit by remaining in the vine, creating a life in the vine, building on the rock that is Jesus. This is where we find true freedom. We must remain in Him. We must cultivate an environment. And it's slow, it takes time. We walk in step with the Spirit. Character building takes time. Spirit strengthening to overcome our flesh takes time. But how much time you give to the teaching of Jesus learning about Jesus in your own time, practicing things like Sabbath and prayer, silence, solitude, uh, reading your Bible, generosity, and being in godly community will determine your character development and the fruit that is brought about in your life. This is why so many of us need to slow down. Slow down, simplify prioritize well. Cut the stuff, all the stuff and unnecessary activity out of our lives to welcome more time with God and the things that he values, to be committed to creating an environment for his spirit. Uh, This week I'm preaching seven times and every day it has been so easy to just think to myself, man, um, I don't have the time to go for my prayer walk. I don't have the time to um, do that and, and to listen to a podcast or whatever it, or, and to have that moment of silence and solitude because I'm too busy working for the Lord. So I can't spend time with the Lord. But we all do it. We cut corners with our relationship with God. But at the end of the day, it takes time and it takes effort and we need to be cutting other things out of our lives so we can be getting this time with the Father so we can be walking in step with the Spirit. Listen to me when I say this. Many of us want the benefit of Jesus without the cost. Many of us want the benefit of Jesus without the cost. We want the character without the cost. We want the wisdom without the cost. We want the anointing without the cost. We want to walk in step. We want to be known as people who walk in step, but we want to determine just what that looks like. But the encouragement to us is to take up our cross and follow Jesus to his backwards kingdom, where when you lose your life for the sake of Christ, you will gain it. Matthew 16, 24 says this, Jesus speaking, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself And take up the cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the son of man will come in his father's glory with his angels, and then he will repay each one according to what he has done. The gift of salvation is free. It's free. But the cost of following Jesus is high. So that's the environment. We need to be people who create an environment, who cultivate an environment, who are committed in our everyday lives to having an environment where we are walking in step with the Holy Spirit, where we are practicing our faith, where there are things that we are committed to. Listen, we're not the kind of church that says, you need to be at church every single Sunday. But man, you should be at as many Sundays as possible. You should be at as many groups as possible. Don't miss out on the moment to continue to teach yourself to strengthen that muscle so that you can be the person who walks in step with the Spirit. Create the environments, Holy Spirit environments. But then there are moments, moments, environments, and moments. As a church, it would be my prayer that we would understand the importance of remaining in an environment for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. But alongside this, that we would be acutely aware that God has the power to work miracles in moments of our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can deeply transform the human life in just a moment. Our souls, our trauma we may carry, the generational patterns of sin we may have, the pain we may carry in our body or in our hearts. There are some things too deep and too complicated and too supernatural that even making wise decisions, creating an environment, cannot fix. We need the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit in our environment, but in moments. I believe we can change behaviors and some patterns and unhealthy personality traits through the environment we are in. You can build your character and we can let the Holy Spirit bring about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But it's the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, that stopped Saul on the road to Damascus and changed him in a moment. It was the Spirit of God that said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And in that moment, he was changed and he became Paul, one of the greatest Christian theologians, the greatest Christian theologian, wrote so many books of the Bible, an incredible apostle of Christ. He was changed in a moment with the Holy Spirit. He was killing Christians. Changed with just one moment. I've watched people come for prayer and witness God do a deep, deep work in their lives changed forever through the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit, not through um, an awesome feeling, not through their own um, bringing up of tears and, and creating some kind of vibe through the power of the Holy Spirit, moments where the Holy Spirit has been at work. I myself was healed in a moment of terrible endometriosis through the power of the holy spirit one moment had scans with endometriosis everywhere next week had scans completely healed totally gone didn't have to have the surgery that i was getting booked in for how does that happen a moment with the holy spirit i um, will never forget my older brother telling me a story my older brother quentin He went to India on a missions trip to build houses, and while they were there, they did a a couple of nights of, um, you know, it must have been preaching and and praying, and he would sit to the side while there would be other people making that happen, and he had been skeptical for years, and I believe still probably is skeptical, but had been skeptical for years about the power of the Holy Spirit to heal in a moment. He wasn't sure about it. Wasn't sure if if the whole healing thing was for real. Loves Jesus, but when it comes to that, just kind of put that off to the side. While he was at one of these nights, a man came up to him and said, would you pray for me? Would you pray for healing for my foot? He looked down at the man's foot and it was some, some kind of thing, but probably it could have been gangrene or something going on in his foot. It looked really bad. And my brother immediately said, no, 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 not me, not me, you need someone else to pray for you. And the man said, no, no, you, you pray. I, you know, and, and I don't know the exact line, but said something along the lines of, I don't need you to believe, I just need God to use you. And so my brother prayed the, the simplest of prayers, prayed for the man and off he went, nothing happened right there and then off he went. And then the next night when they were running the same kind of meeting, The man comes running up to my brother, fully healed, and says, sir, sir, the prayer worked. I'm fully healed. My brother stood there, just amazed, couldn't believe what had taken place. The power of the Holy Spirit. We read stories in Acts, once the Holy Spirit had come to rest on the disciples, that many were healed and many were set free. Why? because of the power of the Holy Spirit. I think about Ryder when he was struggling for his life very early on, almost on his deathbed. And when we went into another room and we finally let him go and we gave him to God and we said, God, if this was all the time we had with our son, we are grateful, but we can't fight this fight. We recognize we've been trying to fight it ourselves, but we give him to you, God. We give him to you and we are grateful and we will serve you every day of our lives, no matter what takes place. We handed him to God. We walked back into the ICU, where he was there fighting for his life, and everything had changed. All of the numbers had changed. Everything was going up. The doctors were just kind of standing there going, it just changed, he's starting to breathe for himself. Coincidence? The work of doctors, sure but also I believe the power of the Holy Spirit in a moment. We serve a God who wants to walk with us, who calls for us to abide in him, to walk in step with him. But we also serve a God of miracles, who says that what is impossible for man is possible for God. Environments and moments. Let us be the kind of disciples, the kind of church that walks in step with the Spirit, that is willing to pay the price, to pay the price for the benefit of Jesus, that is willing to take take up our cross and give him our lives, that we may gain fullness of life. But let us also be the kind of church that is ready, that is expectant, that is full of faith, Believing that in just one moment, healing could take place. People could be set free from addiction. Deep work could happen to deal with childhood trauma. That we would be the kind of people willing and believing to give room to the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. Environments and moments. Walking in step with the Spirit. Amen? One of the most powerful moments is the miracle of salvation. We're talking about these, these miraculous moments, the moments where the Holy Spirit does a miracle. And one of the greatest miracles has got to be the miracle of salvation. Salvation makes a person right with God. It gives us new life in Christ. We are born again, born from above born of the spirit and we become children of god the holy spirit becomes our empower our comfort and our ever-present helper through the miracle of salvation enemies of god become friends of god what a miracle and what a moment and if you're watching today and you haven't had this moment you're not walking in step with god the holy spirit hasn't come alive on the inside of you And you're saying Nadia I I want to pray that prayer I want to get right with God I want to get my life right with God I want to start learning I want to start getting to know who he is I want the power of the Holy Spirit to work in my life to be with me to journey with me if you're saying that's you then I would love to pray a prayer with you and by praying this prayer You are inviting the Holy Spirit to come and fill your heart. You're acknowledging Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He then stands in the gap so that when the Father looks at you, he just sees the the Lamb of God blameless. He he sees Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit comes alive on the inside and we are made aware of his presence. So if that's you today, um, then I'd love to pray this prayer. I'd love you to right now just close your eyes and any person who's watching, why don't you close your eyes and join in with anyone who might be praying this prayer today. I'm gonna say a line of the prayer and I'd love for you to repeat that line and, and really believe it from your heart, pray it from your heart. It goes like this. Dear Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross. And today I come and I ask, Would you forgive me of my sin? Wash me clean, make me new. Let the Holy Spirit come alive on the inside of me. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. And every person said, amen. Amen. Well, I love you, church. For anyone who made a decision today, why don't you just click that button? And by clicking that button that says, I raise my hand, one of our amazing hosts will just start a chat with you because we want to journey with you. We'd love to talk to you more about walk, which I described in this message today, to make sure that you are empowered to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Love you, and we'll see you next week. We are so glad you joined us for the local church podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.